Hello and welcome to another edition of Wilderness Wanderings. I'm your host, David Nolan, and if you've been inspired by listening to this podcast and would like to support us, please visit our website at wildernesswanderings.org and check out our various sponsors. A portion of any purchase you make through these wonderful ministries would go to support local charities in the Austin, Texas area. Today we'll be continuing our study in 1 Kings 19 as we delve into the subject of the reminder of God's power. Beginning in verse 11, we read, And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. What is power? For some, it is that forbidden fruit that is just beyond reach. We all yearn for the power to influence our own lives in a positive manner. Some lust for power as if it were an intoxicating drug. The old adage that absolute power corrupts absolutely holds much truth in our world. In the right hands, it is a force for positive change in the world around us. When abused, power can be the most destructive force known to man. Power isn't only about authority. It can also connotate ability. If you have the power to do something, that simply means you have the ability to do it, along with the authority to support it. People who are capable of lifting great weight and exerting great influence are considered to be powerful people. In physics, power is defined as mass times acceleration times distance over time. Or put more simply, it is the amount of work conducted divided by the amount of time taken to complete the work. The less time it takes to complete a like amount of work, the greater the amount of power that is demonstrated. Conversely, the more time it takes to complete the same amount of work, the less the amount of power is demonstrated. The American presidency is often referred to as the most powerful man in the world. It is an elected office that has the power to influence and shape the decisions of the entire world. Everything in the world from the operation of the International Money Fund to world financial markets to international political decisions is affected by the decisions and the spoken word of the one man holding the highest elected executive office in our land. The executive branch of our federal government is elected to execute the laws that are enacted by the legislative branch of the government, or Congress. That includes the enforcement of congressionally ratified treaties, the protection of American interests, both foreign and domestic, and the enforcement of constitutionally judged laws of the land. Our form of government is a government that is bound by the rule of law, an established standard of behavior that we know as the Constitution. Any law that violates this standard it's judged to be unconstitutional and thus invalidated. It is the word of the law that grants power to the elected official, and it is the faithful and legal execution of these laws that gives power and authority to the elected official. Failure to uphold those laws can result in removal from office and consequently the removal of that authority. 
even the perception of failure to uphold the law can lead to defeat in re-elections. The word of the law is the source of the power. The same principle applies to the word of God. God's power is not in the performance of miracles and signs and wonders, contrary to popular belief. God will often demonstrate his power and authority with miracles and signs, but they are not necessarily the evidence of his power, because signs and wonders and miracles can be counterfeited, either by charlatans or by our enemy Satan himself. However, the source and evidence of God's power is his faithful execution of his word. In the beginning, there was nothing but darkness until God spoke, let there be light. By the power of that spoken word, light pierced the darkness and void of existence. One of my favorite passages of scripture summed up all of Paul's mission and purpose when he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You see, you don't even come to the knowledge of salvation unless God shines the light of that knowledge into your heart by the declaration of his word. And nobody more than Elijah knew the power of his word, not only when God faithfully declared a drought and resulting famine in the land of Israel, but also through the perseverance of the flower with the widow of Zarephath, and even the calling of fire from heaven on a mountain for the entire nation to see. But all these miracles were preceded by the declaration of the word of God to his prophet. Five times within the 25 verses of 1 Kings 17.1 and chapter 18.1, the scripture says, The word of the Lord came to him. Or, thus says the Lord God of Israel. It is only after each of these instances, because of the faithful obedience of his prophet, and or the one that the message was intended for, God held true to his word. And the power for us is found in obedience to his word. Elijah's mission was to draw the people back to God through demonstrations of his power, through the ex execution of God's word. Not the word of Baal, not the word of Ahab the king or Jezebel the queen, not even his own word, but the word of God himself. It was God who declared judgment in the form of a drought. It was God who provided food for his prophet in the wilderness by his commandment to the ravens. It was God who allowed the flower of the widow to outlast a drought. It was God who rained down the fire and torched the altar on Carmel. All because Elijah faithfully executed God's word. Now don't be confused though. God's faithfulness does not depend on our obedience. He will still keep his word. His judgments will still hold true. However, the only way we will ever experience the power of God working in our lives is to be faithful and true to his precepts, regardless of what the powers that be have to say about it. And Jezebel just didn't get it. She thought her orders to have Elijah killed would change the outcome of Elijah's prophecies against her kingdom. God's word 
will still ring true in spite of the resistance, regardless of the powers that try to come against him. Because his truth does not depend on your validation or your obedience. Moral relativity and the lack of absolutes in our society have weakened us to the point of near total moral decay and self-destruction. The problem with moral relativism surfaces quickly when we have mutually exclusive, quote, truths. Ultimately, the agenda of rejection of God's truth in favor of personal truth leads to conflict, and such a foundation is sure to crumble. Allow me to demonstrate. Imagine you're having lunch with a friend. Suddenly, without invitation or provocation, your friend reaches onto your plate and steals your burger, even though they still have their own burger on their own plate. This leaves you with nothing to eat. When you try to stop them, their response to you is that their truth is that both burgers were theirs, in spite of the fact that they only paid for their own burger. This leaves you with nothing. Now, was that burger really theirs? Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. The burger belonged to you because you paid the price for that burger. Now, if you had offered it to your friend, that would be a different story. In this case, you would be transferring ownership. But that's not what occurred in this situation. Now, if truth was relative, you would be expected to just be happy about it and just go get another burger on your own. In which case, I would recommend eating at a different table if you expect to satisfy your hunger. But what happened here is that the lack of authoritative truth eliminates your power or authority to claim what is in fact yours. The same is true with the authority of God as dictated through his word. When we ignore his moral truth, we seek to take away his authority over us in favor of our own authority or a different authority that is antithetical to his. In which case, we become slaves to our own sin or we become chained to an alternative God that seeks to destroy you even though they provide you with empty promises of comfort and prosperity. Now, not to go on a tangent, but the prosperity gospel, which is horrendous heresy that's in our church today, is very much similar to the worship of Baal and the Asherah. You are promised prosperity in the form of fertility in exchange for sacrificing a portion of that prosperity or your wealth. And the only one who ultimately realizes the prosperity promised is the priest and the kings that receive such offerings, and more often than not, you are left holding an empty bag in the midst of a dry season of famine. But I digress. Now, Elijah addressed the concept of moral relativism from Mount Carmel. When he said in 1 Kings 18, verse 21, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. What's the most appalling is the people's response, which is silence. The second half of that verse says the people did not answer him a word. They were paralyzed between the two opinions of the powers at hand, the word of the state versus the word of the prophet. 
to follow one would invite the judgment of the other. But once God's power was demonstrated, the doubt was removed and the people finally responded by destroying the false prophets. And Elijah needed to be reminded that his word, God's word, is greater than that of some foreign queen who had no right to be on the throne of Israel. It is no coincidence that the scripture makes it clear that the famine and drought was most severe in Samaria, the capital of Israel, and the home of Ahab and Jezebel. The closer you are to the flame, the hotter the heat, the more severe the burn. But when the heat was turned up on Elijah, he ran. And God reminded him of all the wonders and powers he held in the palm of his hand. Through a demonstration of his earth-moving power, he reminded Elijah that it was his word that still rings true, even when whispered like a gentle wind. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, Paul writes, And let the one who has taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. What is your weakness that the devil has a foothold on in your life? Do you need the power to overcome that weakness? Is pride your weakness? Memorize scriptures about humility. Is lust your weakness? Consider scriptures about purity. Is bitterness your weakness? Meditate upon scriptures about forgiveness. When the time comes for you to stand against those weaknesses, you will have the strength to stand with confidence in the word of God that gives you the power to overcome. Living the truth begins with knowing the truth. To know the truth, you must study the word of God. The key to overcoming your weaknesses is building up new strengths. It is the key that unlocks the shackles that bind you and keep you from enjoying a victorious life that God desires for us all to live. The power of his word is the power of freedom. And there is no law in this land that could ever take that freedom away. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Wilderness Wanderings. If you desire more of God's Word, please check out my blog on wildernesswanderings.org. Every Tuesday through Friday, I post a morning devotional based on a passage of Scripture. Typically, I will take a week and go through an extended passage, or I will focus on a specific topical study, depending on the circumstances. If you have questions or are in need of prayer, please reach out at prayer at wildernesswanderings.org. Until next time, this is David Nolan reminding you to always keep your eyes on the sun as we wander through the riches and wonder of God's grace. Thank you.